Hello and welcome to Influence by Fitby. We bring you the life stories of the world's most popular people, influencers, how they started, what they do and where they plan to be. Tune in every week to follow the journey. Maybe you're a budding influencer looking for some tips or perhaps you're a brand looking to kick off an influencer marketing campaign. At Influence by Fitby, you'll hear it from the horse's mouth. Interested? Then subscribe, sit back and listen. And if you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a positive review. Enjoy. On this episode, we chat to mathematician and sustainability influencer Suzanne, who tells us all about how her Instagram profile grew alongside a day job. If you're an influencer yourself and would like to feature on our podcast, or a brand who would like to sponsor an episode, feel free to email team at fitby.agency. On to the episode. Hello and welcome to Influence by Fitby. Today we have Suzanne. How are you, Suzanne? Hi, how are you? Very well, thank you. And thank you for joining us on the podcast. Um, There's tons to talk about. So why don't we kick off by letting the audience know a bit more about yourself? Right. Um, also, I, I'm an accidental influencer, if you even want to call me like that, because I uh, started out using Instagram as a hobby, kind of, not even as a hobby instantly, because I got an account because I my, my son entered me in a photo contest and I needed an account for that. And then I was just letting it, sleep and it was kind of dormant I had no idea about hashtags had no idea about nothing and my real job is actually that I'm a mathematician I'm an associate professor in pure mathematics at the University of Nottingham and I do social media basically Instagram which is how you found me to de-stress so I'm posting interior design pictures because I needed an outlet for my creativity which is usually my research but I had so much admin the last years that I had less and less time for actually doing cohesive research so I started with Instagram and before that my first brush with social media was actually also work-related when I think about it now because I well I'm a mathematician and I'm a woman, and you might not have, have met many of these. We are kind of very rare creatures. And I wanted to launch kind of a Facebook page five years ago, profiling female mathematicians. And I had no clue what I was doing. I actually needed help of a student. And so I think this is how I got kind of into social media, trying to profile female mathematicians and make them more visible to the world. And then I kind of found that I wanted to have, and this was separate of this professional, where I started as a mathematician trying to launch female mathematicians and make them visible. I started with the Instagram account, which is how you found me, because I just wanted a hobby which was creative, creative outlet, and something for work by by life balance. Yes. Amazing. And talking about your Instagram feed and your Pinterest feed, um, we came across it because we've seen that you're fantastic at upcycling or, um, you know, reusing and thrifting. Um, 
what's your how would you describe your instagram account to anyone that hasn't checked it out well actually exactly like what you did in a nutshell it's about uh having a cozy and higger as you would say now which is fashionable style creating a warm family home without actually having a big budget because that's my kind of lifestyle always was i I would like to show people that you don't need much, you don't need money, you don't need big resources, you can just go to the thrift shops, you can just chop in your own home and just recycle, upcycle whatever you have, just give it another lick of paint, get stuff which you have inherited and, and give it a fresh lease of life. And I think that would be what it's about, that one can actually basically style anything. You don't need money, you don't need to own a home, You you can be very green you can be very good and well be sustainable nowadays it's called sustainable i wasn't even sustainable there was no word for that when i started 20 years ago doing that <laughs> so i think that would be basically my message that you do not need money and i really believe in that and it's a great message and one that we've seen and one that we would like to help you push because i think everyone has to be slightly more conscious in this day and age especially yes. with things that are going on throughout the world like the you know bushfire in australia etc i totally agree um in terms of where you got to today as an influencer you've given us a bit of background but was there one pivotal moment when you kind of um i i'm not sure whether you were like you know reposted by someone or whether someone gave you a shout out, which led to your popularity increasing. Um, was there a moment? Yes. Um, it was more a slow moment um, because I started, well, my, my private moment was that I actually discovered hashtags, which sounds incredibly thick, but I really didn't understand hashtags initially. And, and then I still didn't really get seen. So when I had like one and a half years ago, I had a thousand uh, followers and I started realizing that you can have the best product in the world if people don't see it it doesn't matter and so I took a course I took an online course with Satu Gulle and it was a very very um, low-key course introducing me to Instagram telling me how well the algorithm works and what I can do to become more visible. And that kind of immediately made me grow. And by Christmas, I had over 10,000 already. So once I knew, and the fun thing is, of course, as a mathematician, I see that side too. This lady was so good. And she's not a mathematician, but I saw the maths behind it. And I kept telling her, look, you could be my colleague because you get the maths behind it. So I was able to kind of then use all these tricks of the trade and uh, that gave me that, I mean, I really grew very, very quickly. I couldn't believe it. It was never my plan. I really am an accidental influencer, if you may say so. <laughs> so that was my um, pivotal moment, yes. Would you mind expanding on your tricks to the trade when it comes to algorithms? Because you're a mathematician. I'm sure <laughs> tons of people would kill me if I didn't ask you that question. Yeah, well, I mean, of course, my, my, my colleagues who are programming it, are not stupid so they put a lot so that's kind of a disclaimer before I say anything else of course they program a lot of randomness 
into this algorithm because it's worth a lot of money if you would be able to crack that, which is why they also keep changing it and adjusting it because they don't want someone from the outside to be able to go in and say, oh, this is what we have to do, these three things, and then the post will go viral just because <laughs> we do these three things. So there is a lot of randomness uh, in it. Now, there are some basic things which give you a better chance that a picture succeeds. So, first of all, it's quality. You need to post good quality content. There's no way out. The next thing is you have to post regularly. So, you have to decide yourself what that means. Is it every two days? Is it once a day? Is it every, uh, well, every week might be a bit too little, but you should also find a time where most of your followers are online. And then the trick is to get as much engagement as possible within the first 20 minutes, one hour. And that can create, well, what we would perhaps call a snowball effect. You know, that the kind of um, Instagram looks at your post and thinks, oh, look, this is interesting. There are lots of people commenting. There are lots of people liking it or sending it or tagging it or whatever. And so I'll show it to a broader audience. And this usually will happen in the first half an hour hour. So uh, this is a very important kind of time frame where you would hope that as many as possible of your followers see the picture so that they can engage. So it's good to ask questions. It's good to let them participate. And of course, um, well, so this is the maths. So and a third thing perhaps is, no, I, I actually, I think this is mostly, I think these are the two main uh, or three main bits. So then of course, there's the human factor. So in order to get an engaged follower audience, you should not ever ignore your followers because there's this very basic need of people to be heard and to be seen, which is why most people are on Instagram, right? Because they want to be seen. They want to be acknowledged that they are counting for something. So it's not just good for your engagement if you answer comments and if you answer people who are complimenting you on your photos or answering your questions it's also good for social interactions because nobody likes to be ignored and people will not keep commenting on your pictures if you just ignore them um, another thing is of course you have to find a niche in this huge market so in order to grow you have to either find a trend or you have to find your own cookie little angle on something and then of course you have to somehow find your target audience and they have to find you so then it's very important that you put the right hashtags <laughs> the ones I didn't even understand two years ago exist under every picture and you shouldn't take very large ones in, especially when you're still growing because you will just disappear in all these pictures which are uploaded every second rather take small and medium-sized ones and then basically just go and don't take very generic ones either and make it really clear that these, whatever niche you are aiming at, like for me, it's for instance, interiors. And so I would not put hashtags in which are very, very huge and have nothing to do with exteriors. Uh, example, uh, boop, 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 give me an example. Uh, for instance, hashtag 
Higa. You can do that once in a while. It's a very big one. And mm. some people might see your picture, but most of these will not necessarily only be interested in interiors. Um, so the hashtag choice is, I think, also a very, very big uh, consideration. Super interesting. And I'm sure that will give a lot of people what they require in order to start to generate more interest in their posts. So thank you for that on behalf of everyone. <laughs> um, a lot of people are reluctant to use the term influencer. What are your thoughts? Well, I would say I'm kind of one of them. <laughs> and when you sent me this question before Christmas, I, it really threw me a curveball and I really needed several days to process it. And I'm still feeling like a very negative associations with this. So my, my first thought would be, um, it's a very ill-chosen word. So what is an influencer? I would say an influencer is someone who is an advertiser, nothing more, nothing less, full stop, in the sense of social media. Having said that, I start to understand why people are so negative about the word, I think, or perhaps why I am. I, let's say I understand why I am negative about it. I can't really talk about other people. Um, you know, words reflect culture. And influence of the word kind of suggests to me a passive audience, like lemmings who follow you wherever you go, which brings me to the word follower. A follower is someone who's also kind of passive and just follows the influencer. And so I think that whoever chose these words was very cunning because, well, I don't know if what, it, what this word implies is really correct, that one has a passive audience, but at least to me it would say, um, makes sense why I personally don't like the word very much because I would like to be on eye level with my audience and I would like an active audience, an engaging audience. And I would like a dialogue with my audience because I don't think I'm any better than whoever follows me. So there's another aspect. Um, well, I think if you look at the word influencer, I would say Barack Obama is an influencer. The Beatles were an influencer in their area for the music in that area. So in the cultural context, influencer makes sense. I think I'm actually an influencer as a mathematician. I have two PhDs. I have certainly influenced, or I would hope I have influenced the research in my area. I'm influencing my students as a teacher. I'm influencing the research my PhD students are doing. And I would have absolutely no problems to call myself an influencer as a researcher, as an associate professor. Now, if you are talking about influencers in this context of social media, I think another problem I have is that pretty much anybody who's charismatic, who's able to connect with their audience without any qualifications could become very large and could become an influencer. And I think that's something I'm uneasy with. I'm not uneasy with the fact that, as some people actually suggested in discussions before Christmas, that I'm a woman and therefore I should not be seen as an influencer because this is not seen as good in 
girls and women. I don't think that's that. I have never had any problem to influence people into my area of research or whatever. Um, I think it's just a very ill-chosen word. So, so, so to sum it up, I think it's a dangerous word. And culture reflects language and language reflects culture and forms culture. And we're in a very kind of, well, I think the social media are really, really changing our culture right now and at a pace which nobody has anticipated. And we're in a very dangerous time. And so we have to be careful with words. Interesting. Um, it's one of those widely debated and topical points which a lot of people are talking about. It's yep. very subjective as well. Um, yep. And everyone has a different opinion. Um, yes. But I definitely respect your, your viewpoint. We spoke before, well, we've emailed before and um, discussed um, what you do and influenced, etc. And I remember you saying that, you know, it's more of a hobby to you and it's something you do to de-stress. Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel the pressure of social media? No. That's interesting. I mean, I think one of the big topics around social media at the moment is uh, mental health and the pressure that most people feel under to um, post and to try and get the right engagement and to, you know, increase their um, popularity on the platforms. Um, so why is it that it doesn't, for all your success, we can say, um, on Instagram, why do you not feel any pressure? Is that something you do? Is it a particular mindset? Or um, have you tuned yourself to tune out of, um, of anything on social media? Well, I think it's certainly a certain type of mindset. And it's also 30 years of training for my real life job, because there are very similar skill sets required. And I have a very high frustration coefficient, you might call it. I have uh, perseverance. I needed all that to become a researcher. And I think I'm just not the typical Instagram user, to be honest. Um, so I think I, I'm trained to not take a lack of likes, a down by a lack of followers, whatever, personal. I've been really trained not to take things like that personal. And I think that's also the best advice I can give to people because if your picture doesn't have the success you would expect or you would hope for, it does not necessarily reflect on the quality of your content, on the quality of the photo or whatever you want to promote. There is the factor that you have very little control over this algorithm. And so if people don't know you, you can't, I mean, it's, it's really do not take it personal. It's not always possible, but usually there are so many factors out of your control that if there is not the success, not the number of likes or shares or whatever you want, it does not immediately necessarily reflect on the quality of your content. Does Good that advice. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Good advice for anyone that wants to become more popular, I think, and a good way to think about it. Um, and like I've discussed many a time on this podcast, that it doesn't happen in one post. You have to be um, regular and continuous, and it has to be looked upon as something which is 
pretty full time to a degree, i.e. posting at least once a day, like you said, or once every other day um, in order to see signs of success. And it takes time. Yeah, well, so, I think it's perseverance and perseverance is a life skill. You need to be perseverant mm. and you have to sit out the bad periods and it comes in waves, usually engagement. And this is this. It, it's actually life skills. It's basic life skills, which you need for Instagram. You need to be able to engage with people. You need to be able to engage with uh, not just people who are like you, with basically everyone. You need to have empathy. You need to have perseverance. Um, yeah. I think it's lots of life skills. You need time management skills. So these things will get you anywhere, everywhere. They get you far in life with every job. So in a way, it's fair. It's kind of mimicking real life a lot, what you need. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Uh, great advice, I think, for anyone that's um, considering um, becoming the next, the next um, budding influencer. Um, can you name some good and bad experiences that you faced on Instagram? Okay, so I think I met a very uh, supportive group of women when I did this uh, online course. And most of us are still in touch, apart from some which actually stopped. Um, because uh, some people, well, I mean, I know a group of women who are basically doing interior accounts and some people just stopped. So I think that's definitely a good experience. And I keep meeting very creative, like-minded people and uh one I met in real life now this summer. So I think it's a very nice social um, channel in the sense you can make real friends. Uh, I have, thankfully, have not made many negative experiences on this kind of human factor. I have, however, recently come to notice a bit too much for my taste that um, people do not seem to understand copyright mm -hmm. and of course for me and I had to think about that this is um, clear I work with that you know this is part of my job I understand copyright I publish papers I sign over copyrights but of course the majority of the population thinks it's completely um, irrelevant and I don't earn money through my account but I have friends who do and for them, it's a really financially a loss if people just keep sharing pictures which are not their own or even putting their watermark on it and claiming very cheekily that these are their own pictures and these are actually not their own. And it's not okay to just take a photo from Pinterest and share it. And I mean, of course, most of the, most of the times you will get away. But if you're actually doing that as a business, and I've come across three cases now where actually large, a large US online magazine shared, used one of my pictures as a clickbait. And I would not, I mean, I think if it's, I, I don't do anything, if it's just small people and they don't know any better, I just ignore, it doesn't matter. But if it's someone who really earns serious money, well, that I would say is a bad experience, that they should know better and they just do it because they can or because they think they can. So that, I would say, is a bad experience. Yeah, for sure. And um, that's something that, you're right, happens all too often. And I think most people understand that if they are to do that, they ask for permission and tag the person that they've borrowed the post from. Um, but, yeah, those some people don't play by the rules. And it's a shame. It's a shame. Um, yeah, I think it might actually make a problem if, inst if Pinterest is not able to fix that. They might get into trouble, no? Because... Um, well, there are a lot of pictures actually on Pinterest, perhaps more than Instagram. 
where you can't really trace, and most people don't go to the trouble to go to the Google rec uh, picture recognition thingy and try to trace the picture where it comes from. Yeah. Lots of things on Pinterest use people people's photos at, at, as clickbait. And um, as I said, as long as it's a private person, I, I think it's okay. But if it's someone who is, is, is in the business earning big bucks, well, I don't think it is. They should know the rules. For sure. For sure. Do you think there's a connection between the photography art in um, that's used in, you know, uh, Instagram or um, Pinterest and the math in which you study? Yeah, to so totally. So maths at the level I'm doing is very, very creative. And most people don't see that ever because some people get a glimpse if they have a good math teacher in in school. Um the maths I'm doing is basically like knitting Norwegian sweaters and always inventing new Norwegian patterns. So it has nothing to do with... I'm, I'm very bad at computing. I'm very bad at calculating. So it has nothing to do anymore with this, what most people view as maths, the algebra, this adding stuff and, and division and whatever. So um, when I do when I do research, or if, I, if it goes well, I go into a state of flow. Because I see there's a pattern and it might give me something and I can be like, I can't sleep. Sometimes I wake up at night, I dream about it. And I experience the same state of flow when I stage and I see this is going to be a good picture. It's perfect lighting and the colors work. It fits together and it's totally identical. It's this creativity. And I think creativity like um, many of my colleagues are very good painters. They're accomplished musicians. So this creativity you also need if you want to do some higher level maths. And so, yeah, that's totally a connection. Creative. Creative. You have to be creative. So interesting. And moving on from that, do you, are you, are you very particular with what you post on Instagram? Oh, gosh. In what reference frame? I'm not sure. I mean, I think I... I try to have a certain aesthetic, yes. Mm -hmm. And I know that certain posts perform better, like wide-angled room shots. So if I have too many, at least for my target audience, I don't run a still life um, accounts. I do uh, change a bit to, to make the feed more variable and to mix it up a bit. But generally, I have a certain uh, yeah aesthetic now, a certain style, which I... If I change it, I will change it gradually, but this is really my style, has always been. I re refined it a bit and fine-tuned it, but I think, in that sense, I'm particular. I'm, I'm basically posting that style, yes. But other than that, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. It's fair enough to know that your theme is your theme and you, are, you look for a certain type of image before you post, whereas I guess some people um, click away and add and other people's, you know, they create the... Uh, certain images which are themes in a certain color or whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be me. I mean, I don't use a filter. Mm. Uh, I just, uh, I don't know. I just decided not to use filters. I know many people to make a very cohesive feed, they use filters. Um, yeah, no, no, I do have a, I try to create my feed up to a point, but I don't want to go um, to the point that they all look identical. I mean, I think my pictures are identifiable in a sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, but overall, I don't use any kind of strong filter or anything. Okay. And is there, 
an end goal or somewhere you'd like to get to with your social media accounts or are they purely uh, a creative outlet for you? Well, that's actually a good question because I really kind of stumbled into the whole thing. And that's first the first time in my life I, I did not have any goal. <laughs> mm. And I, I'm slowly getting to the point that actually, yeah, perhaps I do have a goal. So apart from having a good work-life balance, um, of course, by nature, I'm ambitious. You might have noticed with my choice of jobs. So, oh, um, <laughs> And this ambitiousness is rearing its ugly head. So I would like to have a bit more followers and... Um, I think I would like to to push now that I have a bit of an audience. I would like to ha help push without money or anything, push smaller accounts. And I would like, I know what it's like to have very few followers. And I would like to push some smaller accounts. And I would like to um, give them more visibility. That's for sure. It's just difficult to find them, to be honest, because this stupid Instagram explore page keeps showing me the same pictures yeah. of the same people but yeah. anyways that's something i would like to do and the other thing is um because you know social media well they do give you a voice but they also have a bit this echo chamber thing no that of course who's following me these are people who are interested in interiors and they follow me because they want to have inspiration about how to decorate their homes with little money or by upcycling and trying to be sustainable and la di da now what i have started only once or twice very very light touch and what i think i would like to do is that once in a while i'm actually going out of my incognito thingy what i have right now because i'm not i have not written that i'm an associate professor in the profile or anything and i've mentioned it only once or twice and i would like to say hey guys actually this is what i do for a living and yeah there are women who like to do maths physics computer science we are not all nerds and we are not all kind of weirdos in this ivory tower you know and i would like to use i would like to use this because when i try to promote or still try to promote my women in maths pages on facebook or groups there is this echo chamber effect i only reach other mathematicians i don't want to reach other mathematicians i want to reach well the mothers perhaps of the kids who are having to choose right now if they want to continue with maths i i want to I want to reach people who can say, who then can say, oh, look, there is this kind of mathematician out there, and she's not this 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 strange person which looks like Einstein and has no, no hobbies. And so I want to be kind of visible. You know what I mean? And I want to use this Instagram account a bit, a bit because I realize that in a way this is my target audience because my target audience is 81% females between, I don't know, the age of 20 and 45. And these are the mothers and these are the aunts. These are the people who are the gatekeepers of the decisions of the girls who are in secondary school now in high school. So that would be my goal, perhaps. That's an amazing goal. I think someone in your position with the leverage that you have and the leverage that you're gaining, uh, I think it'd be excellent to show people out there that they can do, they can juggle exactly what you're doing, have um, a fantastic social media experience and have a real a great real life experience um by you know uh maybe furthering yourself in academia or in in the workplace so um exactly. i think that'd be a fantastic way to use your account. thank you i'm happy you like it yeah
<laughs> because I'm still a bit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that I want to have a go. I, I think I want to have a go at this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. And I think that in doing so, you'll be in, you know, that niche, um, like you said, rather than some of the saturated areas or sectors of social media where, where there are lots of people compete, competing for visibility. Yeah. I exactly. think that you'll um yeah you'll potentially stand out there. So good for you. Good for you. Exactly. I'll keep I'll keep an eye on that and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Appreciate Can you name an Instagram account that you love and check out regularly? Um six at twenty-one. Oh. And what, what what's that account about? So basically, um I started her pictures a lot, it's an interiors account. And I learned a lot from her styling and from her way of editing. And I think um, my style kind of evolved a bit because of that account. And she's also a very good narrator. She also puts a kind of uh, a story underneath each, each picture. She puts a lot of effort, a lot of love into her account. And I think she's someone who's really good. Amazing. I'll check that out, definitely. And you mentioned earlier that you might potentially like to work with brands in the future. Are there any that stand out to you um, that you would like to mention? Uh, nope, because I haven't really looked into that. Okay. Uh, perhaps, uh, no, can't say. No, because I really haven't looked into that because I'm so busy and I would also, since I'm a high earner, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't need the money. So I would have to think very, very long and hard what cooperation i would do if i do any yeah it has to be a good strategic fit in order to yeah and i mean actually i am um, yeah so I, I mean i see if somebody offers something but uh well i um yeah i'm open but i'm very open wide open <laughs> i'm really looking Fine. into it <laughs> we'll see what we can do <laughs> leave it to us <laughs> um what does a perfect day look like to you a perfect excuse me what what does a perfect day look like to you? Right. Okay. So that I'm able that that I had a good night because that is important for me, and that I'm able in the morning to sit and have several hours of uninterrupted time for doing research. And then I would like to go jogging, and perhaps do some more research, and then I would like to relax with Instagram or styling some pictures. So that would be my perfect day, which never ever happens, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to know it can happen one day potentially yeah well. <laughs> and what's one what's one thing that not many people know about you oh gosh many people as in yeah well i mean perhaps that i um commuted for 17 years uh, I was alone here with my twins in uh, the UK because I, this is where I got my permanent position in 2004 and my husband was an associate professor in uh, Trento and so we commuted for 17 years no way. already before that but I basically it's not as bad as it sounds because in Italy they let you go a bit more so he was able to roughly spend half the year with us here but I think I'm not saying it was a sacrifice for my career because I never felt it as a sacrifice, but I just wasn't able to get a job and we were not able both to get a job in the same country. And not that many people know that. That's so interesting. And um, I think that it's always good to hear when someone else has, you know, their own kind of, um, 
I was about to say struggles, but it's not really a struggle. It's just something you have to do, right? It's life. It choices. was a kind of struggle too, because you know the shit always happens when the other one is not here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm I hear not you. saying it was. It was not easy. It was not. It was not easy. Okay. And we've mentioned what, how you'd like to see your your social media profile um, potentially evolve in the future. Yeah. But aside from that, do you have any other plans? which you're working on for the next one to five years? Well, a good work-life balance, as I said, because I didn't have that for many, many years. And academia really eats you up if you're not careful. So I think that would be my personal plan, to have a good work-life balance. But other than that, uh, well, perhaps I would like to to go uh, travel a bit more again because part of my career which I loved most was always to go to conferences and workshops and um, perhaps I would like to start having a bit more energy for that again but other than that right now I couldn't think I don't really make plans to be I'm not the bucket list person type mm. um, I just don't do plans anymore I had too many which blew up in my face so no don't do plans <laughs> sorry no no worries no it's, it's, it's all interesting to us and um, yeah no, thank you so much Suzanne this has been really interesting um, for those people listening to, the, to you for the first time, what's your Instagram handle? Okay, my Instagram handle is s.u.s.a.p. Zusa P. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Suzanne, for today, and um, good to speak to you. Thanks for having me. What an interesting episode, and we look forward to seeing what's next for Suzanne. If you're an influencer yourself and would like to feature on our podcast, or a brand who would like to sponsor an episode, feel free to email team at fitby.agency.com.